0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: You're listening to the Fly the W podcast. This is season one. It is episode eight. We are calling this one the Law of Averages. I'm Dustin Rhodes, executive producer of the Mully and Haw show on 670 to score. Of course, your radio home for Cubs baseball. My guy Crowley is with me each and every week we've got new hours. We've added an hour to the Mully and Haw show. We are now live from five thirty to ten. And if you like what you're hearing from me, you can get more of me between five and five thirty. I'm hoping Crowley will maybe text. He'll set an alarm. He's on summer break right now, so he's living the uh, lake life and living the cub life. So I don't know if he's going to be up at four thirty-five and o'clock in the morning anytime soon. But Earlier today on Monday in our brand new hour, the nine o'clock hour, we had a chance to talk to Jed Hoyer, the president of baseball operations. And he had a comment that I thought would be really interesting for Crowley and I to go over. And we wanted to you guys, if you didn't hear it on 670 the score, we wanted you guys to be able to hear it.
0: What is your message to to the fans and to the season ticket holders? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I kind of alluded to it earlier in the in the interview, but you know, I, that's something that I don't ever have concerns about is uh, is the resources. You know, I know that I know they'll be there uh, when, when the time is right. You know, if you go back to, I think we've spent a lot of this interview talking about you know twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and you know if you go back and look at where our payrolls were during those years, um, they weren't they weren't that high. Um, and then you know when we were sort of in 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 the window to 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 win, we were a luxury taxpayer, and we, and we spent a ton of money on everything, both players on the field and obviously you know trading prospects to get more players. We were really aggressive, so that's not something that I that I have you know concerns about. I think that you know it's really important to you know we talk about the two types of currency that kind of rule the game. You have financial currency and you have um, prospect currency, and it's really important to be uh, as healthy as possible in both and you know you know i know our, our the prospect health is um is is certainly improving and on the way to being really strong and and i think from a from a uh, financial currency and uh you know that's that's something that i i feel really strongly about as well as making sure that we have um the you know, the amount of money that we need to be really successful and I, that's something like that i never really think about i know that the money will be there um when the time is right to to be aggressive again
2: so that is Cubs president of baseball operations, Jed Hoyer. He was on with Mullion Haw Monday. The podcast is out there if you want to check that out. But I thought I was a big Cubs fan until I met Crowley. So I'll give you my reaction to that in a second. Crowley, so your reaction about prospect currency and real currency, do you believe that the currency will be available to Jed. And as one of, if not the biggest Cubs fan I've ever met, your reaction to that? You're the fan. We asked for his message to the fans. How do you feel after hearing that cut?
1: It, it, there's no surprise here. It's it's what we talked about in season one, episode seven, rebuild with a capital R. That's what we're doing. They just haven't said it. It's the same playbook that they used. Uh, the last time around, the only difference I see is that the farm system, it wasn't as barren. So I don't think it's going remember we were talking 2011, 12, 13, 14 before the team was able to compete again. You're talking about four or five seasons where I, I think this is going to be next year. I think you're going to see them spend. I think what they're doing right now is identifying the prospects that are going to best help this team and very similar to the first rebuild. Okay. We got a first baseman in Rizzo. This Chris Bryant's going to be our third baseman. You, you, you figure out what you have and then you go out to free agency and you make your splash and sign some high price tickets, uh, high price talent to supplement what you already have your cornerstones. And I think that's exactly what they're going to do. They just haven't said it in as many words. So, uh, that's exactly what I expected them to do. You're not going to sit there and so let's say you signed uh, Carlos Correa this last off season. Was that going to make this team a winning team? Probably not. So the when you sign those big long term contracts, the first couple of years is when you get the most bang for your buck, and then on the back end of the deal, that's when it looks not as good. You know, think about John Lester, right? And all in 2015 when they signed John Lester. All of a sudden, yeah, we're ready to compete. And those first three years of that contract, you went to the NLCS three times. Okay, That's what you do. But you don't want to sit there and sign somebody and waste two or three years of that contract. And then when the team's finally really good, they're not the same player that you originally signed. And that's when we get frustrated as fans as, oh, why is Soriano still playing? Or why is Hayward still playing? Well, because that contract's a long time and you're paying them a lot of money.
2: Right. So I guess, Cub fans, if you're going out to the games, if you're buying gear, if you're eating a hot dog, if you're having a a Bud Light or whatever other kind of beer you want to have at Wrigley Field, remember that you are helping pay for the future. Okay, And you're also paying for the past. Um, Sometimes when you have these um, great seasons, and the Cubs had great seasons, remember, they had been to the playoffs a very, very, very few times. And they were in the playoffs multiple times in the last handful of years. And I'm as greedy as anybody. Now that they're winning, you you want them to keep winning. But as we look at the guys that, if you want to say, got away that they traded or that they didn't sign, I mean, other than Rizzo, and Rizzo is in absolutely the perfect spot. He landed in the perfect spot, and he's doing a heck of a job. But would you want Chris Bryant sitting on the bench with a balky back? The worst hitter in baseball right now, the worst hitter in baseball is Javi Baez. And then we've got we, we've got um Schwarber, if you consider him part of the core and one of those guys, he is typical Schwarber. Highs and lows, highs and lows. I, I would be fine with Schwarber as the DH right now and playing a couple days in left field. That that would be fun for the fans. But I am willing, I am still willing to give them some some rope. I, I'm willing to give them one more year. Um, but I think about what you just said there, Crowley, about if you had Carlos Correa, you know, how big of a window does Carlos Correa have? Is it a five-year window? Is it a three-year window? Because when you sign Carlos Correa, it's going to be eight or 10 years. And the last two years are probably not going to be very good, see Jason Hayward. So can you get up to speed? Can you buy it? And then if you were to buy it, who on the current, the current group of guys, who are who's staying, who's going? Who who could be part of that? Is it Schwindel? Is it wisdom? You know, is it Suzuki? You know, how good is Suzuki? Got really hot. They figured him out. And now it's taking them forever to figure out what to do with a ring finger. They're flying him out to Arizona to get into baseball operations. And get a bat again going. I mean, why does he have to go to Arizona about that? That's not even what we're talking about right now. But I am willing, this Cubs fan, I am willing to give Jed and his team another year. But if they lose hundred games this year, which I hope they don't, I don't, I don't think I'm ready for two 100 loss seasons back to back. Unless they get lucky enough that they get like the number one or number two pick, and the kid that they get is just. Unbelievable, can't miss, and has Chris Bryant written all over him again.
1: Yeah, and and that that'll uh, pitching takes a long time to develop. We're seeing that now with with Keegan Thompson and Justin Steele. I feel like that they have focused on the pitching infrastructure, and you're starting to see the returns of that just now. Unfortunately, for the last court, it's a couple of years too late. Uh, but with the future coming up. I'm really, really hoping that they can. It all really boils down to player development. And that's what you see with the Cardinals, with the Dodgers, with the teams that are really just always good every year. It's player development, and that's what they need more than anything. And there's no one doing it better than the Dodgers right now. The Dodgers for the Cubs are the model organization to look at because similar, you know, large market team. uh, They have a good fan base that spends a lot of money. So that's what we should be seeing. We should, we should have s- this player development system is the key so that you can let guys go and say, okay, we're, we lost a Javi Baez, but let's say a Christian Hernandez who's in the Cubs system or an Ed Hauer should have been ready to just step into that role. And that didn't happen. So the hope is is that ideally this time around, once they're ready to compete again, they, they, I, I do believe they will spend the resources. I don't think of, you know, there's a lot of comparisons between the, you know, the, the Ricketts and the McCaskies. I don't think the Ricketts are like the McCaskies. I truly believe that the Ricketts will spend when when the time is right. It's So that's where we are right now.
2: All right, Crowley, it's a new week, so we've got a new series to take a look at. The Cubs are leaving town. They have headed east. They are in Pittsburgh. They are taking on the Pirates, who have been playing okay, probably better than expected. The Pirates are calling up their number one prospect, to put it shortstop. Their local guy made good, hit three home runs on Father's Day, including including a walk-off. Game one is later on tonight, and we get Caleb Killian, Throwing tonight. Now, his last outing, he wasn't very good, but we did hear Tommy Hotovy tell Mullion Haw that he was excited to be able to have a full week now with Caleb. It looks like the plan is to keep Caleb in the rotation. So I'm excited to see how Caleb comes out of the bad start, having time to be with Tommy Hadovy and his pitching staff and the other starting pitchers and bullpen guys with experience and what he looks like tonight.
1: Yeah, it's it, you have the Cubs and Pirates both 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games, um, and the Pirates are two games in front of the Cubs. And just from a fan and a mental standpoint, it just is painful to see the Pittsburgh Pirates ahead of you. So hopefully the Cubs can do some damage here and hop in front of the Pirates. Um, I am interested in seeing Caleb Killian and see what he does. He did really well against the Cardinals struggled uh in his last start. So I hope uh, against San Diego. And again, a lot of the Cubs pitchers really didn't do well against San Diego. So as you spoke about we, with uh Tommy Hotovy having a chance to really kind of spend some time with them. Let's see what adjustments they make. They have to play face JT Brewbaker. Uh Brubaker has looked Pretty good the last two starts. He faced the Cardinals. Uh, and He, he faced uh, the Braves on 6'9 and the Cardinals on 6'14. He went uh, seven innings against the Braves and gave up three runs. And against the Cardinals, he went uh, about uh, 5.1 innings and gave up two earned runs. But uh, hopefully the Cubs were able to do something against him When you look at Brubaker, you got a couple guys that have seen him a few times. Ian Happ looks really good against him. 16 at-bats, bats bats 313. Rafael Ortega, 429 and 7 at-bats. And Jonathan VR is batting 571 and 7 at-bats against Brubaker. So I think every one of these games, the Cubs have a chance to win. It's just getting it done and making sure that the pitching looks good and hitting with runners and scoring position.
2: So the number one thing I'm looking for in this game is Caleb Killian, cutting back on the walks. And that brings us into the game two starter, Matt Schwarmer. So his last outing, he had a handful of walks himself. So game two, Matt Schwarmer. um, What are you hoping to see out of Schwarmer in that game? Right now, the Pirates have not named a starting pitcher.
1: Yeah, the Yankees, obviously, we remember that was a six solo home runs on that one. And and, uh, San Diego, he only went 3.2 innings. So I just want to see... What Matt does against a team like the Pirates. When we talk about the Padres and the Yankees, those are those are the cream of the crop. The Pirates are definitely not. So is he able to, to settle down a little bit and give you a little bit of length? I'd like to see him go six innings, is my goal, and hopefully, you know, keep the runs down to less than three, hopefully. So
2: game three, we're gonna have Keegan Thompson. And what we're looking for in this one is a continued success. We'd like to see him put two. Good starts together after having two not-so-good starts. Um, He was struggled against the Orioles, struggled against the Yankees, had the nice bounce back against the Braves on Friday that we talked about earlier in this podcast. So I'm looking for Keegan to have two good starts in a row.
1: Absolutely. It's the Thompson twins going, right? Keegan versus Zach Thompson in Game 3. And uh, like you said, against Atlanta and New York, no good, but the big bounce back against Atlanta. So hopefully they can keep it going. Uh, Zach Thompson... He against the Atlanta Braves we just faced, he pitched 6'11". Uh, he went five innings pitch, three hits, two earned runs. And against the Giants on 6'17", he went 4.1 innings pitch, four hits, two runs. So he hasn't been giving up a lot of runs, but hopefully the Cubs can get to him. Uh, you know, not a lot of huge samples here. Wilson Contreras has faced him six times. He's hitting 6'67", so not bad there. But, the uh, you know, not a lot of other Cubs are having too good luck against him or even seen him that often. So, you know, up up to Keegan to have another good game like he just had, and hopefully the Cubs will pull that one out.
2: And then game four, Crowley, your favorite, these four-game series. It's an early start before noon, our time here in Chicago. Justin Steele, Jose Quintana. I don't know if the Cubs – Current roster has a bunch of guys with uh, a bad taste in their mouth when Jose was throwing for the Cubs. But it goes down for me as one of the worst all time trades in recent memory. So I would love nothing more than the Cubs to absolutely pound Quintana on Thursday afternoon.
1: You would hope, but every time we face Quintana, it seems like that's the guy we were hoping for in the trade as he keeps shutting the Cubs down. Uh, Jose against the uh, Braves on six twelve went five innings pitched, six hit, four runs. And on six eighteen versus San Fran, he went five innings pitched, five hits, three runs. So it's what you kind of expect against Jose Quintana. Uh, but the Cubs don't really have a lot of experience against him. Jan Gomes does, but he's batting 143 against Jose Quintana. Other than that, uh, Jonathan Villar is your best bet with uh, 16 at-bats, hitting 313 against Q. So uh, it's it. none of these pitchers are guys that scare you. And so we're seeing now that, that four of the Cubs, the future that we talk about, when you talk about seeing Caleb Killiam and Matt Swarmer and Keegan Thompson and Justin Steele, you're looking at that and you're saying, okay, this is a matchup that's a really good test for them because they're not going to be overwhelmed by Pirates hitting. It's not like they should be getting crushed here so this is an opportunity you know when you face new york or when you face atlanta or even san diego those are tough lineups to get through they kind of you roll around and you're just kind of trying to figure out as a young pitcher when you can take a break you know what i mean not a break but a breath against you know where when you face the yankees it seems like every hitter could put one out of the park at any time and that's really tough you just can't lighten up all against any of those guys whereas with the pirates i think you have more of an opportunity to kind of not have to pitch all those high stress innings against very, very good hitters.
2: All right, quickly, Crowley, it's prediction time. Now at the bare minimum, and I think this is going to, I'm going to speak for you for a second. And of course you can have your say in a moment, it, Two and two, worst case scenario. If if they lose this series, there will be strong words on episode nine, which we will probably put down after the fourth game on Thursday. So I am going to say, I am still going to be glass half full Dustin right now. I'm going to say the Cubs take three of four. If they don't win at least two, there is going to be language on this podcast. (laughs) Crowley, where are you going
1: with this four game series? I I told you I hate... Even game series, it's one of my biggest pet peeves in all of baseball. I think it's going to be a split because that's normally how four-game series works. So I I don't think it's anything against the Pirates or the Cubs. I just hate four-game series, and every time I see them, I just anticipate split. Uh, I'm I'm hoping... What I'm really more really hoping for is watching these young pitchers, and hopefully all four of them have great starts. And in a rebuild season like this, I always want wins. You never want to lose, but it's just about the development. I'm so looking forward to seeing for four days in a row, these are pitchers that are really, I believe, part of the next great Cubs team. So I want to see them have really great starts. And if that happens, you can potentially win three games. I just know how tough it is in those even game series.
2: Well, that's a wrap for season one, episode eight. We called this one the law of averages. We will be back with you later in the week with a complete wrap up of Cubs Pirates.
1: So, till next time, hopefully the Cubs will fly the W. And please follow us on all our socials, whether it's on Facebook, Fly the W, Twitter, or Instagram, at Fly the W670, and our new email address, fly the W670 at gmail.com.